Would you, Lord, would you meet us this morning? Would you just meet us? Give us yourself. We bless you. We thank you, Lord. Amen. So we're, we're halfway through January. Are we still in the New Year's resolution zone? Or have we passed that by? What? Who's, who's still in the New Year's resolution zone? You know what? I, I keep... I have never yet failed to keep my New Year's resolution. Never. You know how I do that? Because my New Year's resolution is to never make New Year's resolutions. So if I never make New Year's resolutions, then I keep them, right? I keep it. Do you get the weird twist on the logic there? By not making them, I keep them. By keeping them, I've made one. So it doesn't make sense, but yet it works, right? This morning, friends, we're talking about God as Trinity. It doesn't make sense, but yet it's real, and it works. It's more than logic can do, and nonetheless, it's beautiful and wonderful, and it works. So to get into that a little bit, let's start with the the one New Year's resolution that I'm thinking about taking on. Who, who here is a polar bear plunge person? Who does a polar bear plunge? Man, we, we've got some warm weather people here, right? Polar bear plunge, typically on New Year's Day, and people go and they get best in the ocean, but, you know, wherever, right? I've never done a polar bear plunge, but I'm thinking, I live here, you know, maybe this is a good polar bear plunge place, maybe I should get in. <laughs> Do a polar bear plunge. I wish you all could see your own reactions to this. This is so good. But here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid I'll embarrass myself because I'm afraid that I'll get down there, I'll go to all the trouble, and I'll go down to the beach, and then I'll just be like, oh, no, I'm not getting in, right? I mean, this happens in warm weather, right? You say to your friend, you want to go into the lake, right? You want to go, you want to go down to the beach? I'll come down there with you, but what? I'm not going to get in. Oh, come on. I don't feel like it. Oh, come on. Oh, it's cold. Oh, come on. You know, I don't know what's, what's been in there, right? I don't know what's swimming in there. I ain't getting in that, right? Anybody been there? This morning, friends, we see that Jesus gets in the water. Jesus not only gets in the water, he insists, I am getting in the water. Right? He comes to John and he says, No, no, really, I'm getting in the water. He's determined to get into the water with us. Whatever the water is that we're treading, whatever it is that we're afraid is going to grab us that we can't see, whatever currents are tugging at us. And it happens like this Jesus goes to John and he convinces John to do this, right? Three steps. The heavens open, the spirit comes down, the voice speaks. Three steps, right? Or is it? Is it three or is it just one thing all together in a beautiful unity? I mean, certainly it's one story. Certainly it's one heart. Certainly it's one will. It's one act. It's a unity. It's a fullness. The Catechism of the Catholic Church puts it the best 
succinctly of anything that I know. So normally I take stuff like this and I break it down and work it into the sermon, but this one is so good and it's just one chunky paragraph. I'm just going to read it, all right? So I'm going to read it slowly. It's, I mean, you're, it, it's, it's just, you're super smart, able to go. This is not something you can't follow. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes it's hard to hear something like this read. So we'll read it a couple times slowly. But get this. This is like nails it, all right? The baptism of Jesus is on his part the acceptance and inauguration, the beginning, of his mission as God's suffering servant. What's he doing? Jesus allows himself to be numbered among sinners. People coming down to John for baptism are coming for repentance from sin. Jesus, already in his life, is beginning to allow himself to be numbered among sinners. He's already the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John calls him that. Already he's anticipating the baptism of his bloody death. He will call his death a baptism. Already he is coming to fulfill all righteousness, which does not mean getting all uptight. It is not what it means. It means he is submitting himself entirely to his Father's will. Out of love, he consents to this baptism of death for the remission of our sins. The Father's voice responds to the Son's acceptance. Beautiful. The Father's voice responds to the Son's acceptance proclaiming his entire delight in his Son. The Spirit, whom Jesus possessed in fullness from his conception, comes to rest on him. Jesus will be the source of the Spirit for all humans, for all mankind. At his baptism, the heavens were opened, the heavens that Adam's sin has closed, and the waters were sanctified by the descent of Jesus and the Spirit a prelude to the new creation. In the beginning, right, the Spirit hovers over the chaos of the waters. Here Jesus goes down into the waters, and the Spirit hovers, and creation begins anew. In Orthodox, capital O, Eastern Orthodox icons, the River Jordan turns and goes in the opposite direction. Creation begins anew. All right, let's read it again without the commentary. The baptism of Jesus is on his part the acceptance and inauguration of his mission as God's suffering servant. He allows himself to be numbered among sinners. He is already the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Already he is anticipating the baptism of his bloody death. Already he is coming to fulfill all righteousness. That is, he is submitting himself entirely to his Father's will. Out of love, he consents to this baptism of death for the remission of our sins. The Father's voice responds to the Son's acceptance, proclaiming his entire delight in his Son. The Spirit, whom Jesus possessed in fullness from his conception, comes to rest on him. Jesus will be the source of the Spirit for all mankind. At his baptism, the heavens were opened, the heavens that Adam's sin had closed, and the waters were sanctified by the descent of Jesus and the Spirit, a prelude to the new creation. Jesus, friends, gets in the water. He gets in the water, and his act of getting in the water shows us the Trinitarian triune nature of our God. 
And this is hugely beautiful. The idea of Trinity did not begin as a philosophical construct that, you know, knucklehead eggheads like to split hairs over. That's not how it began. It began the other way around. It began by, oh my goodness, who is this who walks among us? We know there is but one God, and that he's great, and he's othered, he's transcendent, and yet who is this who walks among us? This is how the Trinity begins. And then the Spirit comes, and it's with him without limit. And it takes the church a good 300 years to make sense of this. And they made sense of it only for knuckleheads forever after to make silly analogies. You just cannot analogize this thing. It's just beyond any breaking down. And it's based out of the reality of what they experience. So Jesus is determined, I've come for this moment. I'm going to walk into it. And the Father responds with joy. Oh, my word, we've been waiting so long. This plan, let's do it. It's game, you know, the worst thing, right? The worst thing about a game when you're on a team is the bus ride. I just want to get going, right? Just get me off this bus. I want to go get in it. I mean, your adrenaline's going and all the rest. What do you do with yourself for that, however long it is? So frustrating. You know, and Paul says, when the time was right, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. God's up there like the time is finally right. Let's do it. And so the Spirit joins in deep intimacy with Jesus. And it begins. So let's just, let's go at Trinity the other way around. Imagine for a minute, one of these three-in-one things doesn't happen. Got me? Let's do that, all right? We'll do, a little, we'll do a little mind experiment with this. Let's suppose Jesus doesn't get in the water. Let's suppose Jesus goes down, but he doesn't get in the water. The heavens open, the Spirit comes down, the Father proclaims, and everybody who's been getting in the water is like, well, that was arbitrary. I mean, who are you? We're over here doing this, and you just walked up, and something complained. What's that about? Right? I mean, it loses a bit of the oomph, does it not? Agree? Oh, come on. Yes, it does. Let's suppose Jesus gets in the water, but the Spirit doesn't come down. Let's suppose Jesus gets the water, he insists, the heaven opened, and nothing happens, and then the voice speaks, um, Good luck, son, you're on your own. Hope it works out. Where's that super intimate connection that connects from the heaven to the earth? Let's suppose Jesus insists. Let's suppose the heavens open. Let's suppose the spirit comes down, but the voice doesn't speak. Everybody's like, great, a new mystery religion. Who are you? What are you doing? What is this about? Plenty of mystery religions in the ancient world. Like, oh, like we need another one of those. Any one piece isn't there, it isn't complete. It's Trinity. It's Trinity. Each act is necessary. All three are necessary. But simply God in Trinity responding to the formal, if you will, beginning of the mission that God has so long been wanting to do all together. So what does this mean for me? What does it mean for you? 
Where does this meet us? This means that Jesus gets in the water. I had a friend whose mother married a, a, a guy after his father died. That part doesn't matter, sorry. But they were both alcoholics together, his, his mom and her new husband. They were, they were drinking away the pain of their, of their earlier years. And my friend was a teenager, and they had a house at the beach. And he and his brother would go down to the beach, and he said, so we'd go out in the water, and he'd be like, leave me, I'm tired, next in the water, bobbing along. And they'd sit in the house all day long and drink. And he says, so, you know, my mom would come out on the porch, and, you know, she'd have a drink in her hand, and she'd be like, eh, they're fine, and she'd go back in. He's like, well, we were nuts, you know. Who knows? We're out there like barely above water level. They're out there. They don't care. Jesus is not standing on the edge of your life. He's not standing there going, eh, you're okay there. Eh, don't worry about it. Up to your neck. No problem. Jesus is saying, I will get in the water with you. I'm going to get in the water with you. Whatever you're treading, whatever it is in the water that you're afraid of that's going to grab you, whatever the current is that's pulling you in places and you're out of control, Jesus is saying, I'm going to get in the water with you. I remember back in the 90s, there used to be this thing that they would do. This is one of those gigs where we had a consultant come in, and I'm like, I got to get in on that. I can't believe somebody gets paid to do this. This person would come, and you'd build a, do a team building thing. And what they would do is they'd walk you through this exercise, and they'd give you all these, um, you know, you're going to write your own sort of fictional life story. You're gonna, we're going to learn about you by walking you through these different sort of symbolic archetypes and things through this fictional story. So imagine yourself going on a journey, they would say, and they'd walk you through all these different elements in the journey, and how you responded to them then could be deciphered to tell a lot about you. I mean, it's not a hard science, but it, you know, it, it really kind of worked. So you go through all these things, and at the end, you were supposed to come to a body of water or, or some kind of water. And it's totally up to you. Is it the ocean? Is it a lake? Is it a, a, you know, a slow river, a fast river, a rapids? Is it bucolic? Is it misty? Is it beautiful? Is it raging and stormy? It's up to you. It's water. And then after you have a minute to, to write what your water looks like, then you write what your response to that water is. So are you jumping straight in? Are you watching from the side? Are you setting up an easel and painting it? Are you, you know, romancing the water? You're on a sailboat and you're out there going through. What are you doing? And how, what kind of water you made and how you responded to it, those two sort of like gave two lenses on, you know, what you're carrying and what's going on in your life. really kind of worked, right? And Jesus is saying, I know what kind of water you're treading. I know what kind of water you're facing. I know what kind of water you're in, and I am in it too. I'm going to get in the water with you. I am determined. He's determined. I am going to get in the water with you. This, friends, is the connection, the relationship that we all most deeply want. The Father is the great God. He's the love which is above all things. 
He's the love that is out there. But he's not the love like that, sorry, horrible 80s song from a distance. Anybody remember that? Right? God is watching us from a distance. I'm like, I hope he's doing more than that for me. I mean, really, that could even be like arbitrary and cruel. I hope he's doing more. Well, yes, he is doing more. He's not only the, the, the big love watching, he's the one who has entered and knows. He knows what it is to walk as one of us. Even that isn't close enough for him. He sends his spirit. He wants his life, the spirit of Jesus, to be in your heart, in your mind, in your consciousness that he is present with you and he is walking with you. So friends, we're named Trinity. You could argue it's an odd name for a church that wants to just be real and accessible to people. You can make that argument, right? Nice. Go pick the most philosophically picked at, abstract, word not even in the Bible, concept you can find and name that church that. Flip side that. God, really, the real God, close, knows your suffering, knows your pain, walks in it with you, wants to be here. That's Trinity. That's what it's all about. So today, friends, we'll just take a minute, invite you just to just to describe the water to God that is your life. If you're doing this thing in the 90s and this, this facilitator's walked you down to this moment, what's the water that you're going to name? What's that water doing? What's your gut tell you to do? And then see Jesus right there with you. I invite you just to kneel if you're able, sit if you'd rather, it doesn't matter. And just take a little time to let Jesus speak to you in that.